0: Good evening and afternoon and morning, everyone. I'm excited to be here again with you today in your journey beyond codependency and discovering your own well-being and happiness after codependency by coming to know, love, and be who you are. So I'm Marshall Berkshire, and that's what I help codependents accomplish, as I have done that in my own life, and I've been at this now for a good 14 years. So, adventure. Today we have episode number two in the anatomy of codependency. Today we're going to be talking about how codependency attempts to generate connection and then what self-advocacy does to generate that connection. So stick around for that and at the end of the episode we're going to talk about the new enrollment option that's open with the self-trust course. So if you want to learn more about the importance of self-trust and your chance to work with me live, that's stick around to the end. Let me get this shout out real quick to the community real fast here on the the Facebooks. So the community is your safe haven where you can find tools, you can find guidance, and you can find support in your journey in knowing, loving, and being who you are. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're watching via YouTube, hit that subscribe button and hit the bell as I upload uh, new trainings weekly as well as posts and infographics and stuff. You can also, in that in the description above on Facebook and below on YouTube, you can click on the links component and you can connect with me on Instagram, on my podcast, on TikTok and all that, so you can get more of what I produce. All right, so let's get started here today. So yes, say hi to comments below, let me know how you're doing, let me know what's going on for you. And let's jump in. So, episode two here, Codependency and Creating Connection. Now, one of the... We have three necessities, three fundamental necessities for our well-being, and that is we need safety, we need connection, and we need identity. Today, we're talking about connection. In the previous episode, we talked about safety. So, connection has three elements to it. Connection exists between ourselves, so me to myself. It exists between me and others, and it exists from others to me. So this creates a triangle that I call a triangle of connection. Me to myself, me to others, others to me. And codependency, it does very specific things in each of these three types of connection in order to feel connection in its experience. So with the me-to-me aspect of connection through codependency, my sense of connection to self is actually severed. It's reduced, it's ignored, it's minimized, it's denied. I even try to change myself so that I can have a connection with a false sense of self that is more or less shaped towards what <coughs> excuse me, what other people would want to experience from me. What would please them? So largely, The connection to self and codependency is a denial of self, denial of feelings, denial of wants, denial of needs, denial of our own worth, our own boundaries, our own personhood. Now, codependency then, because it's denying self, is going to maximize its sense of external connection uh, by focusing on other people, places, and things in which to feel that connection and gain its own sense of safety, connection, and identity from that. So this is where that second component of connection of me to other people comes into play. So codependency looks to other people to help define its value, its safety, its purpose, its identity, and its own sense of reality and what is real and what is not. And this is the primary thing, codependency does with the connection of me to other people. What do they think? What do they value? What are they saying about me? What does that mean about me as a person? Um, And that governs the codependent's sense of self, their sense of value, their sense of purpose, their sense of belonging. This is where people-pleasing habits come into play. This is where controlling habits show up. Where we're trying to either control outcomes so that they'll be happy with us. We're trying to control other people, other places, other things um, to make them be more of what we think they should be so we can have more connection with them. And then it's also where we tend to avoid conflict. It's where we tend to avoid bringing up needs and wants, expressing differences and opinions, rocking the boat That kind of thing. So this this is where we're expressing a lot of our codependent behavior. We also tend to absorb responsibility for other people's emotions and then take on the responsibility of regulating those emotions. And that gives us some sense of connection and purpose with that other person. And comes that third element of connection. That is how others relate to us. Now, codependency, typically others relate to us in a way that they feel it's a transactional experience. We're in relationships with people that use us, um, where we allow them to violate our boundaries, where we don't advocate or stand up for ourselves, and where we are effectively showing them what we will allow them to do by by not saying no to the things that we don't want, that we don't need, the things that hurt or upset us. Instead, we become a doormat to whatever they want, and they learn that they can take what they want from us, and we'll respond to that in a particular way. So codependency tries to create connection through pleasing others and uh, dissolving our sense of person so that we don't create conflict, which then leads to other people being upset or disappointed, which to a codependent can feel pretty fatal. It can feel like a huge judgment on one's sense of self, one's sense of value, one's sense of safety. And this is no wonder this happens. I mean, a lot of times, people with this habit, we have been raised to believe that our value is contingent on the feelings the other person has. So if mom isn't happy or dad isn't happy or significant person is not happy with us, we have lost our ability. We have lost our inherent lovability, our worth, our value as a person. I feel very threatened in that experience because, well, what do they do? They might withdraw. They might pull away from us. They might abandon us. We won't be loved. We'll be discarded. So that really comes from the, the, impact, the injury of not being valued and cared and protected for who we are, but instead being used being neglected, being harmed for who we are. Now the self-advocacy component and connection, this is where the work is. This is where the challenge comes in. But This is where we start to experience authentic, safe, warm connection with ourself, with others, and others begin to experience that with us. So in the self-advocacy component here, when I'm relating to myself, it's with love, it's with respect, it's with honesty, and it's with ownership. So basically, I become accountable to myself. I'm like, what am I feeling? What am I needing? What am I wanting? Um, And then behaving in a way that respects and values those things. So that's when I say no to things I don't want. That's when I ask for things I do. That's when I take the risks necessary to have connection and experience in my life. This is where I speak kindly to myself, where I respond with care and trust in the legitimacy of my lived experiences, of my feelings, of my reactions, what's coming up within me. Because that self-trust is critical to our healing. Without it, we're not going to get down the road because in our experience of codependent connection, our emotions have been gaslit. Our lived experience has been questioned. We've been taught To doubt ourselves, so internally we're like, "Oh, that's not right. That shouldn't be there. I shouldn't feel this way." We don't trust our own lived experience. Is this even real? Am I seeing things correctly? Am I, am I just making this up? Things like that tend to show up that way. And in self advocacy, we operate from self trust. Self trust has three components. The first one's called innate legitimacy. I trust the legitimacy of my reactions. They're there for a valid reason, usually because of something that happened in the past or in that event. And when I can trust my reactions, I can connect to my lived experience and access what really happened so I can make a choice about that that is aligned with my well-being and my happiness. This is where we get into the idea of congruence, which is another core principle of self-trust. So this is how I relate to myself. I trust what shows up. I listen to it, and I care for it, and I respond to it through my choices and actions in a way that provides more well-being, more safety, and more clarity for myself. Now that influences how I react to other people, how I respond to them. I'm direct, I'm clear, I'm simple. I express my boundaries. I communicate what those things need to be and what I expect in that regard. And then I watch what they do, and if they don't respect them, then I'm going to make choices about where they belong in my life rather than giving them numerous unending chances. They get two or three shots to get this down, and then there's a pattern emerging. That's where I'm going to change things. I also do that with my own behavior. Sometimes I make commitments I can't keep. I realize that, and I end those commitments. I change them, and I move towards an agreement I can keep. That's part of how we relate with others and with ourselves. Because self-advocacy is about integrity, it's about self-trust, it's about ownership and accountability, and it's about fostering long-term well-being and our happiness in our life. So, my response to others is to say yes and no honestly. It's to ask for things. It's to play. It's to enjoy them. It's to acknowledge them. It's to be present with them while being myself. Now, the third component that per- people interacting with me. Well, I'm going to interact with people from this angle of self advocacy in ways that respect me. If they respect my nose, they respect my boundaries. They value my emotions. They value the impacts their choices and actions have on me. That's someone I'm going to have in my life. That's someone that I can trust. That's someone that values me. See. When we contrast this against the codependent approach to connection, it's all about what works and values me and keeps me safe and well-being and keeps them in well-being and safe too. It has to work for both or it doesn't work for anyone when it comes to healthy relationships. Whereas in codependency, it's whatever the other person demands um, in order for me to keep them in my life. That's a form of emotional slavery that way. That's a very, very hard way to live. So I'm going to check the comments here. Brenda says, thank you. It's amazing others take so much. How do they not have values not to use you? Well, here's the trick. This isn't about others and them taking so much. This is kind of a blunt thing. This is about you not understanding your boundaries and your limits and communicating that. See, other people are not responsible for understanding our boundaries and our limits and our capacity. That is not their job. That is our job. Our job is to communicate that and say, hey, I'm not going to give that anymore. This is enough for me today. So it's up to us to communicate our boundaries. It's not up to them to um, check in or create those for us. Now, if, they're, if they acknowledge the boundary and then they keep pressing to get more, then they are demonstrating that they feel entitled to more from you And that's where you're going to have to put down a a hard boundary of like, hey, you keep doing this, I'm going to disengage from this. I'm going to stop talking with you, I'm going to stop interacting with you. Because boundaries are for us, they are not for them. Boundaries define what we do in response to their behaviors. So that's a critical component in shifting our orientation to others. Others are not fundamentally responsible for us. We are responsible for us, and then... We are also responsible for communicating that to the other people involved so they understand what our terms are for interacting with us. So that's part of that self-advocacy component. The codependent component would want someone else to be responsible and sensitive to our capacities, but that's making someone else responsible for something they have no power over and no knowledge of generally. So that's a place to untangle there. All right. So my friends, this is how codependency tries to create connection in our world and what's most important is we start transitioning to self-advocacy. Now self-advocacy relies on self-trust and this is why I created the self-trust course and that is what's open for enrollment right now. It starts May 9th. It goes for 12. Well this, it's a two-section course. There's eight weeks They run from may 9th to june 27th and then there's four additional classes happen in august and this allows you to have some practice with the core fundamentals of self-trust before we do some more advanced components on it so self-trust is going to teach you how to trust your innate legitimacy and your emotions your lived experiences your limits your boundaries your capacities as well as your needs and wants and then it's going to teach you how to trust your natural completeness which involves your own intrinsic worth And then valuing and understanding the usefulness of having limits, having boundaries, and having uh, limited capacities in certain areas. And then it's going to help you create congruence, which is the third component of self-trust, where your choices and actions are aligned with the values and principles that matter to you so that you can get outcomes in your life that produce more well-being in your daily life. From there... When you combine all three elements of innate legitimacy, natural completeness, and congruence, you are able to trust yourself to make better choices and actions, which is going to propel you forward faster in your healing because now you don't have to deal with the weight of self-doubt and self-gaslighting, and you're able to answer the question, how do I trust myself? Because that's what that course is designed to do. you want to learn more about it, you want to enroll The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and on the front page of my website at happinessaftercodependency.com. Come join us. There's limited seating there. We've got 22 out of 25 seats available. Mm. Come jump in. Let's change your world by healing that self-trust. Thank you, my friends, for being here. Go forward explore in the world where you're you're connecting from a codependent angle versus a self-advocating angle. Let's see what you discover as you try out saying no and saying yes and advocating for what matters to you so that you can have healthier, happier connections that add to your life so you don't have to live with that dreaded fear and anxiety and rumination that comes by living with unhealthy connection. So go over it. Go gently with yourselves and I see you guys in our next episode. Bye-bye.